Ezekiel in the 37th chapter, if you would please stand for the reading of the scripture, Ezekiel chapter 37. And we're going to begin at verse 1. I'm going to read the passage because my sister told me that a preacher who doesn't read the text is no preacher at all. So I must read the passage to you. Ezekiel 37 and verse 1, and the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to the bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh was on them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the bones, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet and became an exceedingly great army. I want to preach from the subject, a change is going to come. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the word that you have given to us, and I ask that you would just speak to me and through me. May your spirit fall upon us like raindrops fall on the ground. We thank you, O Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. A change is going to come. You may be seated today. A change is going to come. Our text finds the prophet Ezekiel taken by God in vision. Pay attention to the words that I use. In vision to a valley full of dry bones. Now, now the reason why God gives Ezekiel this vision is because he wants Ezekiel to know this is what I want to do to the house of Israel. Now, if I must skip all the contextual things that might be interesting to us, but bring it to our reality today, and that is that the reason why God spoke to Ezekiel is because he wants us to know at the end of 2023 that this is what he wants to do for us in the new coming year. God wants to bring about a change. God wants to do something different. God wants to bring about restoration. So the Bible says that Ezekiel was walking through this valley. This was no ordinary valley because it seems like this valley was a graveyard. But the truth of the matter is, is this is not the case. For the Bible said in verse 9 that these were slain. In other words, the bones were people who had been through something, and whatever they had been through had caused their sudden demise. For some reason, the bones had been through such a situation that caused them to die. These were victims. 
They had been through a tragedy. They had been through an awful situation. And the reason why I want to pause on this point is because I believe that there are some people in this room who have been through some stuff. There are people who have been through some problems that they did not expect to take place. And now you are dealing with the brokenness, trying to put the pieces back together. And it seems like you are in a valley of dry bones. I can imagine how this army was destroyed. The Bible does not say particularly how they died, but the Bible says that they were ambushed. That's what the Hebrew would suggest to you, is that they were ambushed. I believe that maybe there was an individual or an army that was lurking in the shadows. They didn't expect it, so the army just decided to march forward as they were told to do, as they were instructed to do. It was business as usual, but somebody came out from a cave somewhere. And the army got a little scared. They did not expect this enemy to attack. They did not expect this to take place. And they tried to fight the best they could, but to no avail. See, some of us in life, we get ambushed. Sometimes things come our way and we didn't expect it. There was a broken marriage that came your way, but you didn't expect it. There were divorce papers that were placed on your desk, but you did not expect it. There was a child who decided to leave the church, and you did not expect it. There was a a, a diagnosis that came in your path, and you did not expect it. Sometimes we are ambushed with the perplexities of life. But even if none of these things have happened to you, I must let you understand that we all have an enemy called the devil. And he is lurking in the shadows and he will do whatever he can to turn you away from Jesus or stop you in your tracks. So all of us have been ambushed at some point in life. The army was probably putting up a good fight. They probably had put in all the effort that they could. But like I said, to no avail. They were taken out anyway. And now Ezekiel is walking through this valley. He is seeing all of these bones, these dry bones. Each bone is a different story. There was probably a bone from a man who had just lost his mother somewhere. There was probably a bone from a man who had just experienced a separation somewhere. There was probably a bone of a little boy who was struggling with depression somewhere. Each of those bones was a different story. And and, and the reason I need to pause on this is because I I feel like sometimes we we come to church and we kind of put on a front. We put on our nice suit and we try to act like we're doing all right and everything. But the truth of the matter is we are living in a world of sin. I shouldn't have to put on a front in church. I should be able to come in church and let everybody know I'm struggling in life. I need Jesus in life. That's why I'm here. I got something going on with me. So the reason I came to church is because I'm looking for healing somewhere. I may have brokenness, but God can mend my brokenness. And so the Bible says that as Ezekiel was walking and he is looking at this tragedy, that God begins to speak. Now the preacher in me gets excited. I know you don't get excited like I do, but I'm a preaching nerd, so just let me get excited. Because when God speaks, something good is about to happen. 
The Bible says that God opens his mouth. In the midst of tragedy, God has something to say. And this is something that somebody needs to hear. No matter what you're going through today, God is ready to speak into your situation. No matter what problem you are facing, God is waiting just to open his mouth so that he can allow change to take place, so that he can restore, and so that he can turn your life around. God speaks. And God's words come in the form of a question. He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Now, the diagnosis is clear. The bones are dead and the bones are dry. The fact of the matter is that if you look at the reality of the situation, there is no hope for these bones. One does not come back from the dead, especially one who has already undergone the process of decomposition. So the bones are in an awful situation. But see, Ezekiel is not looking at the situation based on its present reality. Ezekiel is looking at the situation based on divine possibility. See, because Ezekiel understands that, yeah, it may look like the bones have no hope. But God sees what I can't see. So it may look like I'm broke now, but God sees a a, a mountain of uh, dollars that he can use to pay my bills. It may look like my marriage is struggling now, but God sees some stuff that I cannot see. It may look like that child will never come to church, but God sees things that the eye cannot see. And so the Bible says that Ezekiel, instead of answering the question, he looks at God and say, you know. I may not see what's going on right here, but God, you understand what's taking place. So God, you take care of it because I cannot do it myself. Uh, The Bible says that Ezekiel passes the situation over to God. And this leads me to my first point. You know, preachers got to have points. And the first point is this, that when you have something going on in your life, you got to learn to give that thing over to Jesus. Now, some of y'all didn't know this, but I used to play basketball. But don't laugh. Why are you laughing? You may be asking why I stopped. My mom told me one day, she said, I'm not going to be wasting all this gas for you not to make a basket. So, so, so I had to stop playing basketball. But I, but I used to play basketball. And, and while I was playing basketball one day, there was this period where I had caught the rebound on the opposing side. And now I had to enter something called a fast break. But the problem is I did not recognize the fast part of the fast break. And so I was a bit too slow to get to the other side, on my side. And now I'm standing near the hoop, but not close enough. And there are three men surrounding me. I can't go to the left. I can't go to the right. I can't go forward because there are three men standing around me. So I'm in a predicament. I don't know what to do. I just need to reach the basket. But when I look to my left, I noticed that there was a man with an open lane. So all I had to do was just pass the basket over to him and his lane was open. Sometimes you may get stuck in a predicament, but you must recognize that you serve a God who has an open lane. All you got to do is pass your problem over to him and he knows just what to do with it. Pass it over to Jesus. The first thing that Ezekiel does is he gives the situation of the bones in the hands of God. 
I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with, but some of us need to give some stuff over to Jesus. Some of us got some problems that we faced in 2023, but in 2024, it's time to make a shift and pass it over to Jesus. Some of us got some children we've been praying for, but we got to put those kids in the hands of Jesus. There's a diagnosis you've been dealing with. Put that sickness in the hands of God because he knows how to handle it. So the Bible says Ezekiel looks at God and says, you know it. You can take care of it. And I find it interesting because after Ezekiel gives the situation over to God, now God tells Ezekiel to preach to the bones. He says, Ezekiel, I need you to do something. I need you to speak to the situation. I need you to make sure that the bones understand who's about to do this. Now, you might be wondering, how in the world are you supposed to preach to bones? They're dead. They do not understand what they're saying. I, I've read my Bible. I'm a good Adventist. I, I know that the dead know nothing. Huh? Neither have they any more portion in anything that is under the sun. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, 5, and 6. But I understand that this is a text <clears throat> written for us. So the reason why God tells Ezekiel to speak to the bones is because he wants us to know who's about to do this. In other words, it's not the bones that woke themselves up. It's not Ezekiel that woke the bones up. It's God that did it all by himself. You got to recognize that no matter what you're going through, you can't handle it by yourself. The doctor cannot fix it, but the doctor has to call on somebody greater and ask God for the strength to help you in your life. Only God can handle it and he'll do it by himself. Could you pass me my water, please? I'm, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> but I need the living water. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> He has passed the situation over to God, and God has now handled it. And listen to what he tells Ezekiel to say. He says, tell the bones that I will cause flesh to come upon you. Tell the bones that I will cause your bones to come together. Now, the imagery that is used here in the text reminds me of something in the book of Genesis. Have, have you read your Bible? You know in the book of Genesis, in the second chapter, reading from the seventh verse, God said, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. You, you know that text, right? And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 15 says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper, fit for him. Skipping on down a few verses, now God says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he closed up the flesh instead thereof, and took a rib from man, and the rib which he had taken from man made he a woman. I read it too fast. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And God caused a deep sleep to call, come and fall upon Adam. See, God put Adam to sleep when God made Eve because God did not want Adam's input. Am I talking to somebody today? 
God did not want to hear Adam's mouth when he was trying to make Eve. And this is the thing that we must understand, is that when God wants to work in your life, he does not need our input. Some of us try to dictate how we tell God, this is what you need to do. As long as you do this, I'm all right. Some of us are looking for a fine husband, and we want him to be 6'3", dark and handsome. It might be me. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> But God will give you a 5'2 brother who's balding in the middle because that's where the money is. You understand what I'm saying? God does not want your input. And we've got to learn to just sit back, give it to God, and let him do his thing. That's the second thing. You got to learn how to let God do his thing. You got to sit back, relax, and shut up. Come on, somebody. Are you with me today? I used to get so mad when I was a child. I used to try to fix things for my granny. You know, the TV broke. Let me fix it. No, don't touch that. What do you mean don't touch? I'm trying to fix it. No, no, don't touch it. But granny, let me do my thing. Come on. God wants to do his thing in your life. But he doesn't need to hear your mouth while he's doing it. Are you with me today? As God... <clears throat> is trying to move in the life of the bones. He needs Ezekiel to move out of the way. And I find it interesting. I find it so interesting because when God starts speaking to the bones, the one thing that is missing after he has spoken to the bones, the Bible says it was missing some breath. It's the same imagery when God made Adam and Eve. God formed man out of the dust of the ground. And, and I can imagine it. The text, as we have always thought of it, is that man was laying down. But the Hebrew suggests that man was standing upright when God did this. I don't know how, but it was. And it was just a body, a shell. Nothing was in it. Nothing was there. It was just standing upright. And God, the Hebrew suggests, stepped in front of man and kissed his nostrils. An intimate activity where God put something that was in himself and placed it inside of Adam. The Hebrew word for breath is the same word that we use to call the Holy Spirit. So not only did God put oxygen in man, but God said, I will put my spirit within you. See, one of the things that God's people are missing today is his Holy Spirit. And in this upcoming year, what God wants to do is he wants to restore not just your situation, but he wants to restore you on the inside. There's some stuff that we need fixing on the inside. There's some problems that God has to work at at the inside of us. And he does it by placing his Holy Spirit. But it gets even worse in my mind because the text says that these individuals were slain. I told you they were an army. They had been victimized. They had gone through a horrible situation, and now they are dead. And so when God raises the bones up, he raises them up in the very same valley where they once saw pain. Y'all ain't with me yet because I need you to understand this from the perspective of the bones. Can you imagine that you were once walking in a valley and you were ambushed and, and, and bloodshed was the last thing you saw? Your friends and buddies being slaughtered, that was the last thing you saw. 
The last thing you saw was a sword coming at you to take your life out. That was the last thing you saw. And God decides to raise you up in the same place where you once experienced pain. See, this is the miracle of God. Because some of us want God to help us by taking us out of a situation. But see, God says, I'm going to work a miracle so magnificent that I'm going to bring restoration to you while you're still in the situation. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. See, some of us expect to be helped if we leave the marriage, but God says, I'm going to restore you in the marriage. Some of us expect to be restored by God taking away the sickness, but God says, I'm going to save you while you're sick still. God has a way of working restoration in the life while you're still in what you're going through. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so God does this strange thing. He raises them up in the very same place that once caused them pain because he needs them to understand that what they experienced before was because they didn't have God standing next to them. But now God is about to work things out where they can defeat their enemies with his help. So the Bible says he raised them up. Can you imagine the scene? (laughs) I can see it right now. I can see it as the bones started rattling and shaking and they started to come together. I I can imagine it like the song would say. Ezekiel was in the valley of the dry bones and the toe bone connected to the foot bone and the foot bone connected to the ankle. Y'all remember Sabbath school somewhere. But but, but I I took a biology class, y'all. And so I believe that the bones came together and and the skeleton started to form solidified osteons again. Y'all ain't with me today. Y'all didn't take my biology class and 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 God stepped out and he created recreated the cardiovascular system and God added to the cardiovascular system the circulatory system so that blood could flow in and out of the heart but God needed to add on to that the respiratory system so that oxygen could be added to the blood y'all with me today and and then God took muscle and he stretched it out and he laid it on top of the bones and then God added it off and topped it off with the nervous system He took neurons that were made from cell bodies and axons and dendrites and they started following one more. Are are y'all with me today? God did something I can't explain tonight. Oh my goodness. See, see, God is so magnificent that the class you failed, he is an expert. Y'all ain't listening to me. God is so awesome that the things we do not understand, God is able to do in a Blink of an eye. So the Bible says he, he brought the bones together and the reason he was able to do it was because Ezekiel handed the situation over to God. And the reason he was able to do it is because Ezekiel stepped out of the way. But see, after God moved, <laughs> oh, this is where it gets good. The Bible says that the bones did something. The Bible does not say that the bones complained about being brought back to life, which is what I would have done. Keep me dead until the second coming. The, Bibles didn't, the, the Bible does not say that the bones were crying and, and worrying about if they were going to live, which is probably what some of us would have done. But the Bible says that the bones stood up. See, that's my last point. After you give your problem to God... After you let him do his thing, then you got to learn to stand on his promises. 
Now, there's only one way that I can illustrate this, and I must illustrate it with a story. It was a few years ago. My brother and I decided that we were going to drive down to Cassopolis for camp meeting one Saturday. And we went on the way to camp meeting, and, and we saw my cousins. They're my cousin. There's one cousin that I have named Bryce. He's one year younger than me. So I was 15. He was 14. And I have another cousin. She's 13 years old. That's important detail for the story. Y'all pay attention to me because stuff goes down at camp meeting. And so I'm 15, and my cousin Bryce is 13, and my other cousin, she's, she's thir- I mean, she is 13 years old, and Bryce is 14. And, and we're, we're on the campgrounds. We're enjoying the spirituality of the Lord. And there is this brother that's trying to step to my cousin who's 13, but he is 19 years old. Help me, Holy Ghost. So I called Bryce over, and y'all know Jasmine Stallard. She's the one who alerted me to the situation. So I called Bryce over, and I said, Bryce, we got to do something about this. I said, there is a 19-year-old. He a grown man. No, 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 I didn't put no extra words in there. He's just a grown man. And, and, and this grown man is, is over here trying to step to our cousin who is 13. I said, Bryce, we got to do something about this. And Bryce said, I'm ready, man. Let's go. Bryce was ready to fight. I was too, truth be told. I was going to lay some holy hands on somebody. And so as Bryce and I were trying to get this situation together, we were trying to figure out what we were doing. I looked at Bryce. Then I looked at myself. And I recognized that I was not as buff as I am today. So I said, Bryce, if we go into this situation by ourselves, we may not make it out alive. So Bryce said, what do you think we're supposed to do? I said, remember, Justin drove me here. I said, call my brother. Now, my brother is shorter than me, but he's bigger than me. My brother may be a little smaller in, in stature, but he's stronger than me. You understand what I'm saying? And he's a cop. Come on, somebody. I called Justin, and me and Bryce in there went in there. No fear. We were standing tall. Bryce walked up on the brother like, what's up, man? What's up? I said, Bryce, calm down. We, we, we had camp meeting. <laughs> Now, I was trying to figure out, just a few days ago, I was trying to figure out why in the world were Bryce and I able to stand up so tall and so confidently in that situation, knowing good and well we couldn't do nothing to that guy. And it was not anything about us, but it was because my brother was standing next to us. And I must tell you that no matter what you may face this coming year, you can stand tall because Jesus is standing by your side. You can stand confidently because he'll walk beside you. Are you listening to me today? The the song says that God will take care of you. Through every day, all of the way, he will take care of you. So what do you do when you've done all you can and it seems like you can't make it through? Child, you just stand when there's nothing left to do. You just stand. Watch God see you through for after you've done all you can, you just stand. God will work it out. I believe that for somebody in this room, 2024 is going to be a year change. But the reason why I believe that is because I believe somebody in here is going to make the step to take their predicament and give it to God. Somebody in here is going to make the decision to say, Lord, I'm stepping out of the way. You take care of it. And somebody this year is going to learn to start standing on his promises. How the story ends. I told you I don't believe in long sermons. Somebody say amen. 
And the story ends. Jesus says, when I do this, then they'll know I am God. He says, when I do this thing, they will know that nobody else could have done it for them but me. I need you to understand that 2024, it's going to be a year just like any other year. I don't do all that. Oh, next year is going to be your year. I don't do that because it's a year just like any other year. Problems will come. Difficulties will face us. But the difference is based on me. Will I decide to give my stuff to Jesus? And so I'm going to make an appeal. I'm just going to make one appeal. That somebody in here says, 2023, I went through something. I'm dealing with the after effects of of something that I experienced this year. And the next year, I want to change. I know something's going to come my way. I know problems are going to face me. But today, I want to make the decision to say, Lord, whatever faces me, I'm giving it to you. Lord, whatever I deal with, I'm handing it over to you. And Lord, I'm going to step out of the way and let you take care of it. I may not have done it before, but now from this moment forward, I'm going to let you handle everything and I'm going to shut up. You got it covered. You know what to do. If that's your desire, you want to say, I'm giving everything to you, Jesus, from now on. Will you stand up to your feet and I'm going to pray for you. I want to give you everything. Everything. I'm going to pray. And if you all could close and sing past me now. And I'm going to pray. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I want to ask one more thing. Somebody in here says, I'm dealing with something right now. And I need God to move in my life. And I want you to pray for me. Specifically me. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm dealing with something right now. And I need God to move for me. I see you. God sees you. God sees you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much because you raised those bones up like nobody else could. And that's proof that you can raise up my life. That's proof that you can bring a change to me and you can restore what has been broken in my life. So Lord, I thank you for the people in this room who have made the commitment to say, Lord, I'm giving you everything from now on. Whatever I got going on in my life, it's yours. Whatever I'm struggling with, it's yours. And I'm leaving it in the hands of the master and letting him take care of it. Lord, there are people in this room that raise their hands because they're going through something right now. And you have seen it every step of the way. And you have heard their cry today. So I'm asking for you to move like nobody else can. Move because that's what you promised you will do. And we will stand, resting assured and believing that God is able to do exceeding abundantly more than we ask or even think. I thank you in the name of Jesus. I expect miracles to happen. I expect mighty things to take place. We thank you, O Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Join us, please, everyone.